Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as the parents of kids who struggle with their emotional health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. As we've mentioned before, the Mental Health Mamas in our podcast refers to me and Serena as fellow mamas in mental health. We are working to bring you a variety of voices and experiences, and today we are super excited to welcome a man, a dad, the man, the myth, the legend, Clay Hapstack to our show. Clay is a single parent, an expert by experience, and a peer in our community. Welcome, Clay. Hey, guys. Glad to be on. We are so glad to have you here. So like many, I wear a number of different hats in our community. One of those hats is as a facilitator of parenting classes. I met Clay when he came to one of those classes that I was facilitating. So I think it's important for our listeners to know that parents come to these classes for a variety of different reasons. Some parents choose to attend and some are court mandated. And one of my favorite parts about leading these classes is that I don't know any of this information. I don't often get to know the stories of my participants unless someone personally chooses to share them with me. So Clay, I wonder if you can back us up and share with our listeners a little bit of your story leading up to when I met you. Okay. So we, before we had met or actually, you know, kind of during the process of meeting, uh, I was starting my own personal recovery journey and don't remember if I met you at the very first class that I had taken, but it was definitely um, early on. So couldn't tell you if I was uh, at that point there voluntarily or mandated. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually took the, the very first parenting class um, while I was at inpatient. And so when I had gotten out, I had remembered that and uh, enjoyed it. So I'm glad I continue to do uh, to do them. Yeah. So, so you actually did something that most people don't do, um, especially if they are court mandated and that's that you kept signing up and you kept coming back to, um, the same class. And that's really how we got to know one another better. So tell us what was it that kept you coming back? I mean, overall the classes flowed kind of the same with the material, but the way it was always presented and with the variety of different people in the classes, you're surely to learn something new. Um, plus, you know, I met some you know good people. Mm. And uh, I think uh, it, it was just nice because we all kind of got to vent about our kids. So in <laughs> uh, mm. learn how to to deal with with those types of situations. So there's there's just mm. there was really no negatives to it. Mm. That's awesome. And connection is super. We're all about that. Totally about connection. So as you know, we are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. Not everyone believes that addiction or dependency is tied to mental health. We are not certified scientists, 
but we will refer to the DSM-5 written and published by scientists. For those who don't know, this stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and it's the fifth edition. It is published by the American Psychiatric Association, and it's what is used by mental health professionals in the U.S. to diagnose mental health conditions. Substance use disorder is listed in the DSM-5 as a mental health disorder. So clearly in our world, there's no question about that connection. Clay, what are your thoughts on addiction and mental health? Um, so... Working in the addiction field, I've yet to see a situation where they almost where they didn't coincide. One led to the other, vice versa, or they started at the same time. Mm -hmm. They're really attached to each other. So when you know it's almost easier to treat the addiction side. Like that's short term because it's it's the mental side of it that's going to be the the real long journey. So they mm-hmm. you, when you do them both together, I I think you increase your odds of being successful. Sure. Um. But yeah, I've I it's it's like I said, I've never seen a situation where you know trauma, anxiety, depression, uh, you name it, where something like that didn't exist in the the, the addict alcoholic. Yeah. So in your, in your opinion, the, you know, the programs um, and in your experiences, have you seen that they're addressing both at the same time or what, what is the typical sort of um, approach to, to this, you know, the, the co-occurring thing? So it's nice because um, it is being noticed and mm-hmm. more dual programs are out there that address both of those at the same time. Um, you see more inpatient facilities long-term, but usually when you come to an outpatient clinic, uh, the questions are asked and what's mm-hmm. unique is I get to share my experience with addiction and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that's something, um, counselors aren't allowed to disclose. It kind of puts their mind at ease talking with somebody who's, mm-hmm. who's gone through mm-hmm. it and is, I mean, currently going through it. So Tina and I do peer support locally in our community, and we're aware that you two work as as a peer. Uh, So, you know, tell us a little bit about your work and what you see the benefits are um, of peer support as opposed to just seeking what we might call professional support. Sure. Uh, So a peer position, it's fairly new Uh, and it wasn't around long when I started doing it. So there's like no handbook and, you know, there's rules because mm-hmm. we deal with Oasis and, and HIPAA, but really how you deal with the client, mm-hmm. you're kind of left to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You're not coached on how to have a one-on-one um, with a client. So a lot of, of, of trial and error. So when someone says, you know, what do you, mm-hmm. was a peer work consist of, there's like a very broad answer, but I think depending on the peer, that answer will be will be different. So, so this is kind of how I explain it. I heard early on that the opposite of addiction is connection. And I saw that personally. Mm-hmm. So what, what I try to do mm-hmm. is connect a client 
with supports early on that they can carry on with when they're no longer going to outpatient. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, I mean, that looks like a, like a variety of things, but I'm also there to, you know, share my, my personal um, experience. And once again, I think that's unique because I've had, you know, therapists and, uh, and counselors, and you just don't always know. And that's one of the first, you know, if, if they've had experience with personal experience with addiction, um, but you know, that's, like I said, that's something I let them know right off the bat. And you can, like I said, you can say, you can see that, that relief, Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So, so he knows, he knows. So I try to connect them with what's available. Um, and I mean, some of the same supports that I utilized Mm -hmm. early on. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the short and narrow is really just, uh, trying to just set someone up for that day to make better decisions. Yeah. And we love that you're paying it forward for sure. Um, and we also love what you just said, and I want to repeat it. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. Love that. Totally love that. Yeah. I would love to say that I came up with it, but <laughs> uh, it was one of those things that I heard early on that kind of clicked for me. And I saw it. I saw it work. Mm-hmm. It's totally about those, those mantras, yeah. those affirmations, those things that really help us move forward for sure. Let me share a quick story that I shared with a client that was an inpatient this morning. Um, It's about being open-minded. We were talking about the the parenting skills that they were taking while they're, while they were there. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, when you, when you leave here, be open-minded to taking the the same class. Mm -hmm. And I said, because I was open-minded, I made positive uh, connections just through that class. That that was one case of being open-minded. Mm-hmm. I was open-minded to every suggestion at the beginning, and that's how many connections you know you you want to be willing to make. Yeah. So let's think for a minute about um, you know we know as peers that we hear some really hard stories, and they're hard to hold sometimes. Yeah, they they certainly are, and um, I, I also want to add to that the idea that peer support is super powerful. And we heard you say that mm-hmm. in terms of you know just being able to know that somebody else gets a little bit of your struggle. Um, so certainly one of my concerns before starting this work um, was the idea of holding other people's stuff and not knowing if I could handle that or if I would take too much of that on. But really the big surprise for me was that this work actually helps me. Yeah. I feel like it totally feeds me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, I think, again, we'll go back to that power of connection and how helping someone hold the hard things is a really connective way to find I don't know, to find my purpose. That's what I would say. Um, And, you know, full disclosure, when you help people hold hard things, it can sometimes be triggering. And we're just curious about how you manage that as, you know, as your role as peer support person. Oh, okay. Um, Because I had never done anything remotely close to this kind of work when 
I was asked to do mm-hmm. it. I didn't re- realize that aspect. So mm-hmm. for the first six months, um, I, I, I quickly learned boundaries. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is I let people know that I wear different hats and you know, normally when I don't have my peer hat on, I have my parent hat on. So because I'm in the community and I'm not always working, um, I'm allowed to, you know, say hi, but I make clear that the boundary is I don't work, you know, when, when I'm with my son or, mm-hmm. and, and, and simply explain to it, explain them what the expectations should be regarding that. Uh, and that, 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 that seemed to work for me, you know, as long as I knew that when I, when I, you know, left work, I did everything I could do. Uh, and once you get to that point, you just, you have to toss the rest up to acceptance. Um, you know, it's people, people pass away. Um, and it's, 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 it's heartbreaking, but I don't live with the, you know, what ifs. So, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I, I practice acceptance every single day. And I think that acceptance and gratitude every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I've just found ways to, to, to cope with it where I'm not, um, mm-hmm. you know, losing sleep or letting it take up uh, unnecessary space in my head. But it was a learning process. Trust me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can imagine that that's super hard. Um but that's amazing how you've been able to uh, learn learn to let go. And um, but you're right; it's a process, right? Yep. And and I love the boundary stuff for sure. The creating those boundaries is no matter what you do and who you are, um, it, it's super important to make sure and and create those boundaries. So. So I happen to know if it's okay to share with everyone that you recently celebrated four years of being clean and sober. And that is huge for anyone who doesn't know. And for all the people who mm. do know, that is that is huge. So tell us what, first, congratulations. And Thank you. Yes, Thank I'm you. clapping. I'm <laughs> clapping. Tell us what, uh, what contributed to your success. And, you know, like, what are the things that have been most helpful along your journey? Oh, man, I always give credit to everybody that helped me and continues to help me because I've learned, I've learned from some amazing people that do this recovery thing a lot better than I do. Oh, some of these people that uh, you turn it over to that, that are are part of the process that, uh, you know, become supports throughout the way. Just, I've met so many incredible people on Mm -hmm. my journey. I, I mean, I really have. And uh, I just come to the point that, you know, Clay's program doesn't work. Uh, And and I I know that now. So uh, I I plagiarize. I steal parts from other people's programs. Uh, I piece together uh, a formula. But most importantly, um, I live life one day at a time. I have to, it's, it's, I have to center myself. It's not easy and it doesn't always work, but that one day at a time, seems more manageable than, you know, trying to plan out how my future is going to look in 10 years or in 10 months or whatever, however you want it, however you want mm-hmm. to say. So, uh, and once again, that's something I've learned from people who've been doing it a lot longer than I have. For sure. One foot in front of the other, 
And yeah, that's all we can do sometimes for sure. So we do like to ask people about their self-care or the things that they do for themselves that give them a sense of renewal. What does that look like for you, Clay? That was a foreign concept (laughs) at one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's something uh, me and my therapist have have worked on and I I have improved. Um, I see the value in it. Uh, and I was, I, I, I was serious when I said it, but I was kidding when I was like, you know, my self-care time is from quarter after five in the morning till six when I wake <laughs> him up and, you know, from eight 30 to nine 30 before I go to bed. And, and I thought that was what that was supposed to be, you know, single parent. Mm-hmm. And that's just a lot of mm-hmm. acceptance. Like this is how it is. But, uh, my, fortunately my therapist forced me to, uh, at least be open-minded, um, to, to doing things, uh, which isn't always easy to get, get out by myself, but I have found ways. One of them being, uh, golfing, which the season has started. And, um, Gage was kind enough to go golfing with me twice this week. Um, and we have, we have a fun time doing it. Uh, but that, that's, mainly what my self-care I got out of town this past weekend to go see uh, some, some family out of town. Um, got to go golfing some more, which was great. Uh, nice. But what I was, <laughs> I said this earlier today, I was like, you know, I, I consider my life uh, pretty uneventful, but uneventful is good for me where I'm at right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like I'm a, I love I'm that with that. I, I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I, like, I have a lot of stuff to do in my own personal time. Um, so, you know, I bought a house. So self-care for me is, you know, doing stuff mm-hmm. around the house. Nice. Self-care looks different for everybody. I just mm-hmm. know it's important that they have that time set aside to do it. But yeah. good luck to all you single parents out there doing it without <laughs> a kid. <laughs> but I know Gage, Gage is, is my, my son has been great with like understanding like, oh, I got to get dragged mm-hmm. along to go do this. And he, he rarely argues with me. And I appreciate that yeah. about him. Yeah. Awesome. He has yeah. a good dad. Yeah. Well, and um, I find that a lot of self-care is about the intentionality of just thinking, you know, sort of thinking of it in that way and making sure that you are calling it what it is and setting aside that time. So I think, yeah, you were, that's what you were saying, right? Um, Well, a nice, a nice thing is, and I I don't know if you'll agree with me, but when you can find something that um, is, is productive and can label it Mm -hmm. self-care, it's almost like a win-win situation. Yeah. Sure, of course, yeah. So, like recovery stuff for me and service work, uh, it's a win-win. Like that's my self. I consider that self-care mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. that's one of the few times I get out with by myself. Um, so yeah, I think if you can find something like that, that's that's great. Yeah, that's great. So you brought up your son. So tell us about your bond with your son. How does he fit into all of this? Oh, Serena. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> uh, if he only knew how much how much work goes into him living his best life. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, it has been made clear to me that parenting or at least a, a valid attempt, what I like to call it, 
is like one of the most selfless things mm. a person mm. can do. And uh, it was really mm. tough um, doing the homeschooling mm. thing because I was getting, yeah. I was getting resentful. Yeah. I really was, <laughs> you know, like this kid's in his, in his boxers at two mm. in the afternoon. And I'm like, it must be, dude, must be nice. <laughs> and then he wants to complain. And then I'm like, oh, well, you, you only had enough cream cheese for half your bagel. If that's your biggest <laughs> complaint today, you got it's, it's a solid day. But um, yeah, I, we, we must have a pretty solid bond because we're always <laughs> together. Um, awesome. And it's scary because I see more and more of mm. me in it. And he's getting to that age where he asks uh, the most outrageous <laughs> questions. Um, but he's, he's doing good. We're both, we both live by routine. And I think that really, really helps. And awesome. um, we, we notice when we need to take a break from each other, which is mm-hmm. important. And we For give sure. each other that time. Um, actually, I lie. I, I give him that time. <laughs> I don't necessarily receive the same mm. courtesy, but. Yeah, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Mm. Yeah, well, you're, awesome. you're modeling that for him. Well, let's not let's not lie. I mean, there's so many times where I'm standing looking at him, and I'm like I, in my head, I'm like, I gotta keep together. I gotta keep together. Gotta keep together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny! All right, we have one more question for you. This is something we like to ask all of our guests who are experts by experience. What do you know now that you wish you had known earlier in your journey? Oh, I guess at the, at the, at the very beginning, um, my recovery journey, my number one priority was my son because Mm -hmm. that's how I felt. I mean, I genuinely felt like I needed to be doing this for him. Um, and then I, I learned I needed to be doing this for myself. Um, and I wish I could have grasped that concept a little bit earlier on. Uh, but really I, like I said, acceptance and gratitude, if I had started them, uh, earlier, I'd be even better at them. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if I said to myself, you're going to meet some really cool people, they might not seem like that at first, Mm -hmm. but you're going to meet some really awesome people. Stay open-minded, seek Mm -hmm. those connections out, like all that stuff that took me, you know, a year, year and a half before I even like it started mm. clicking. That could have clicked my first week. Oh, I'd be ahead of the game right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but really, you know, just take it one day at a time, try to do the next mm-hmm. right thing, mm-hmm. choose a positive attitude. Those little, those little sayings that were foreign mm-hmm. to me, or I'd never heard mm-hmm. them or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, so before we close out the episode here, I just wonder, is there anything, Clay, that we didn't ask you that you would like to put out there to the world? Ooh, um, well, yeah, definitely. I'll do an, a little plug. If you've never taken any of the parenting classes uh, through Cornell Co-op, look into it. Um, I mean, I, I still don't fully grasp parenting, but I have a better handle on it than I did four years ago. Uh, with a lot of help, stay positive and um, don't be afraid to ask for help. When a lot of people struggle with that, especially now. So you need to reach out. Yeah. We all need our support. 
people, yeah. don't we? Yeah, for sure. We do. We do. And I love the the message about having an open mind. I think that's um that's hard when mm-hmm. we're when we're deep down in it. But um yeah. So Clay, thank you so much for joining us today oh, and you sharing mind. your yeah. Wait, wait, I gotta give you some more compliments. <laughs> Hang on before <laughs> you, you snap your fingers yet. when you're done, Got so it. I know. <laughs> okay. So what what I want to say to you is, uh, and I've said it to you before, but I'm going to say it now for the world to hear. Um, you are a true inspiration and you give me hope um, for the many other people out there who are struggling. So thank you for the work you're doing on yourself, um, for your son and for other people out there. Absolutely. And I hope hope that you can stop and recognize the impact that you're having supporting others along their journey. Well, I, I truly appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys being part of my journey. I mean, now you're in there. So (laughs) you have any questions, ask Serena. She's been there for a while. (laughs) Absolutely. So podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you for listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts, leaving us a review, subscribing and sharing with others. You'll also find more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you are also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.